From Creation Ministries International, you're listening to Creation.com's article podcast. The research and insights that give God the glory, refute evolution, and give you the answers to defend your faith. I'm Joseph Darnell. The public is frequently led to think that the evidence of humans evolving from an ape-like common ancestor with chimps is simply overwhelming. The claim is often made in bombastic, even intimidating terms, such as in this example of elephant hurling tactics by a prominent evolutionist. There are now tens of thousands of hominid fossils in museums around the world supporting our current knowledge of human evolution. The pattern that emerges from this vast body of hard evidence is consistent across thousands of investigations. All models, all myths involving singular, instantaneous creation of modern humans fail in the face of this evidence. However, when one starts to critically analyze these claims, things rapidly fall apart. For most categories of hominid claimed, there are usually even evolutionist experts who themselves will point out something that seriously questions, if not disqualifies, the idea that the fossils concerned are in between apes and humans. For example, Australopithecines, like Lucy. There are distinguished evolutionists who admit that these extinct primates were not anatomically intermediate between apes and humans. Neanderthals. Probably most evolutionist paleoanthropologists now say that, although being robust in their anatomy, these are fully human. Homo erectus and Homo heidelbergensis. Some evolutionists claim that these are early and or archaic Homo sapiens. They had robust anatomy, as did the Neanderthals. And like these, there is no reason to believe that they were not fully human either. And then there's Homo habilis. Whilst evolutionists generally regard these specimens as hominids, which means ape men, when scrutinized, these species appear to consist of specimens that should be grouped with the Australopithecines, or other extinct apes, apart from a few that are likely Homo erectus. Even some prominent evolutionists, whilst still saying they were hominids, have suggested most of the specimens in Homo habilis should be reassigned to the genus Australopithecus. Hence, Homo habilis is a false category. Terms such as wastebasket, grab bag, and garbage bag have been used by evolutionists to describe it. So if we remove all of those from the hugely impressive sounding number of fossils in the quote mentioned earlier, we're left with a mere handful. Among these are the more recently discovered Homo floriensis specimens also known as the Hobbit. Here too, leading evolutionists have pointed out that their features would be consistent with humans deformed by cretinism from congenital iodine deficiency. Moreover, Creation Magazine has highlighted the evidence that cretinism is also a likely cause of the puzzling, to evolutionists, features of the even more recently discovered Homo naledi fossils. In any case, however, there are substantial biological reasons why ape men could never have existed. A major one of these reasons is the so-called waiting time problem. No one disagrees that to cause all of the anatomical changes required to transform an ape-like creature, the supposed common ancestor of chimps and humans, into a human would take millions of DNA mutations. This is because there are millions of nucleotide DNA letter differences between chimps and humans. And the evolutionary timeline, this is supposed to have happened in 6 to 7 million years. The problem in a nutshell is that calculations show that it would take way too long for these specific mutations to arise and become established within a so-called hominin population. 
For example, even for one point mutation, that's one letter change, to become fixed and established in the genome, the waiting time is a minimum of 1.5 million years. The number of nucleotides that can be selected for simultaneously is believed to be small as it interferes with the selection of other nucleotides, called selection interference. It has been estimated that at most 1,000 beneficial mutations could become fixed in 6 million years, and using 7 million, the upper end of the range, makes no practical difference. But this is only a minuscule fraction of the information needed to turn an ape into a human. Note that this is only for independent, unlinked mutations, as according to John Sanford, an expert in this area. Selection for 1,000 specific and adjacent mutations to create a 1,000-letter string could not happen in 6 million years because that specific sequence of adjacent mutations would never arise, not even after trillions of years. Even if the genome difference between chimps and humans were as little as 1% as used to be widely touted, this still represents around 30 million nucleotide differences. And hence in the evolving hominid line, around 15 million nucleotide changes would need to take place compared to the 1,000 changes at most that could have happened in that time. In short, even with the false idea of just 1% difference, the transition is impossible for mutations to achieve in the time available. But the problem for evolution is compounded because the chimp-human difference is now known to not be 1%, but likely at least 5% different and probably much more. So the hurdle for evolution is even more insurmountable. A five-fold increase in the difference now means some 75 million nucleotide changes since the imagined common ancestor. And the problem is worse still, as in addition to this, the human genome is deteriorating on a downward spiral towards mutational meltdown. This is due to the accumulation of genetic mutations at a rate of some 100 point mutations per person per generation, with natural selection powerless to stop it. Making matters even worse for evolution theory, the amount of junk DNA believed to be in the genome has shrunk considerably of late. The proportion evolutionists think is functional has now increased from about 3% to 80% or more. This is a problem because it makes it far more likely for any mutation to be harmful, not neutral. All of this has raised alarm among some evolutionists. For example, Grauer claims that for human population levels to be sustainable, to negate the effects of harmful mutations, no more than 25% of the human genome can be functional. But the estimate of the renowned ENCODE project is that at least 80% of our DNA is functional. So that means that humans should be extinct because fertility is so low to compensate for the amount of deleterious mutations. But they are not. So therefore either 1. The ENCODE estimate is totally wrong, which is highly unlikely, or 2. The alleged hominins, including modern-type humans, have not existed for the millions of years believed by evolutionists, and the whole ape-to-human evolution story is false. The problem of accumulating harmful mutations is even more serious than portrayed by evolutionists. Even if only 10% of the genome were functional, extinction of all hominid lineages would happen long before even the first waited-for beneficial mutation could be established in a hominin population. So, not only is evolution unable to explain the arrival of information to turn apes into humans, it cannot even explain the preservation of existing information over time spans of millions of years. 
The idea of human evolution means that there was no original couple, no first Adam and Eve, who fell into sin, and hence no logical reason for the sacrificial death of the last Adam, Jesus Christ. See 1 Corinthians 15.45. Many believers, even entire institutions of Christian higher learning, have been intimidated or indoctrinated into thinking that they have to accept this notion. It is particularly ironic that this is happening right now when the biological evidence is so strongly in favor of biblical creation. We'll be right back after a short break. Creationists would like to point out that the fossil record is missing links for ape to human evolution or dinosaur to bird. Honestly, where are all the transitional bones for any creature along their evolutionary journey? To go in-depth on the subject, you'll want to check out the great book titled Contested Bones. It's the result of more than four years of intense research into the primary scientific literature concerning those bones that are thought to represent transitional forms between ape to man. This book's title reflects the surprising reality that all the famous hominid bones continue to be fiercely contested today, even within the field of paleoanthropology. This book addresses a wide variety of important topics, such as which, if any, of the species gave rise to man. Did Lucy's kind walk upright like modern humans, or did they live among the trees like ordinary apes? Was Artie the earliest human ancestor? What are the implications of the growing evidence that show man coexisted with the Australopithecine apes? Are the dating methods consistently reliable? What does the latest genetic evidence reveal? And how can anyone be certain that man evolved from an Australopith ape? This work is unique in that it is the most comprehensive, systematic, and up-to-date book available that critically examines the major claims about the various hominin fossils. Contested Bones brings clarity to a fascinating but complex subject, and you'll find a copy for your personal library at creation.com store. In evolutionary theory, both humans and chimpanzees are believed to have originated from the same ape-like creature, or last common ancestor, about six million years ago and therefore were on separate evolving lineages to ultimately become today's humans and chimps. Hominids or hominins is the name evolutionists usually apply to all individuals, whether apes or apemen or humans, on the imagined lineage from the last common ancestor to modern humans. So why was the argument we focused on in this article on the DNA difference between chimps and humans today, when the issue is the difference between the last common ancestor and humans today? because they are directly related in evolutionary theory. As each lineage accumulates mutations, the DNA differences between them become greater. So the greater the difference between chimps and humans today, the greater the difference between humans today and the supposed common ancestor. For example, if the human and chimp lineages changed at roughly the same rate, which most evolutionists assume, that's a difference of 1%, equaling about 30 million nucleotide differences between humans and chimps today would mean that both differ by about 15 million nucleotides from the last common ancestor. But if the human to chimp difference is 5%, then that means a difference of about 75 million nucleotides between humans and the last common ancestor, an even more impossible hurdle. Even if the rates were different between the lineages of humans and chimps, it makes little practical difference unless it is suggested that the human lineage rate was almost static. 
In fact, if anything, evolutionists would believe the human lineage changed the most, accumulating more differences from the last common ancestor than the chimp lineage. But that would mean that chimps derived from modern humans. Who then would have lived six million years ago, which would also falsify human evolution? And then you have the problem of explaining how chimps could establish double the number of nucleotide differences in six million years. If previously it was 75 million, it's now 150 million. The Creation.com article podcast is hosted by me, Joseph Darnell. You'll find lots of interesting related content in the links and show notes. This episode's article was written by Peter Line. Be sure to listen to our other show, Creation.com Talk. Visit our events page to find a creationist giving a presentation in your local area. If you would like to help us, become a monthly supporter at creation.com donate. If you want the latest noteworthy research and news, subscribe to Creation Magazine. From everyone at creation.com, thanks for listening.